Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Undiluted Truth. And today we have a special guest in studio, and that is my lovely wife, Joanne. And this episode is going to be very different from what we have done before, and we're just going to call it Table Talk. And we're going to get very real. Uh, first of all, I hope you enjoyed uh, the last one that we did, uh, which uh, highlighted Dr. David Wright. That was very serious, and that was part one. We'll come up with part two, should come out uh, by Tuesday. We apologize for that, but I assure you, you're going to enjoy this one. And we know, first of all, I'd like to say that what we're going to be discussing is not anything new. Many of us, you know, for, for the last year and a half have been kind of sharing back and forth and and talking about everything that we're experiencing. And th- that's going to be normal for us here, husband and wife. But it's not normal that we're doing this in a studio. So, uh there there may be some uncomfortability or maybe some back noise, but, uh, you know, that's all part of it. That's why we're calling it Table Talk and Real. And um, we are going to stay on topic with what we do here and news of the day. But more importantly, or more specifically, I should say, what we're going to be discussing is we're going to start off with an experience that we both had today. And... I am going to let my wife kind of lead out in that uh, and just share an experience that we had at a medical facility um, uh, this morning. So uh, once again, rock tumblers and truth seekers, uh, welcome. And here we go. Uh, Joanne, so first of all, you can say hello. <laughs> I can do that, most definitely. Hey, yes, there you are. Hey, it's kind of nice to um, actually be, quote unquote, in your studio and speaking into a mic. And to a mic. Yeah, and to a mic. Go figure. Yeah, how about that? (laughs) So, as you said today, um, you were kind enough to accompany me to a follow-up for um, my hip and my knee replacements, which took place just roughly around two years ago now. And this was just kind of like the final peak to make sure everything is staying as it should. And good news is, is absolutely they are. And my knee and my hip feel fantastic. Yes. Um, This particular facility is a very, very nice facility called the Now Center up in Short Pump, affiliated with VCU. And I've always enjoyed going there pre COVID, I should say, um, I was a little taken back that today, even with the vast majority of people in Virginia accepting the injection, it appeared to be more scrutinized and more locked down than times past when we have visited. Um, It just really is difficult for someone like me. I'm pretty simple. I'm happiest with a little dirt under my fingernails and being outdoors in my backyard in the midst of the pine trees with the breeze blowing, the birds singing, and my dogs acting like lunatics. So city life is not exactly my forte. 
And there is a very different attitude amongst those who live in tighter quarters. And I've just come to the conclusion it is no doubt a result of what they are listening to. And and also I think primarily because they are in the middle of that every day. I know we talked about it today that their whole day starts really and ends with people wearing masks. Good point. And in if that doesn't get you uptight, but that's all they see. And, and of course, our day starts, no mask, and pretty much we can go through the whole day and not see. There's been days that I go through the whole day and don't see anyone, unless I happen to pass a vehicle going down the road. And what is that guy doing? You know, is, is oh, maybe he's really sick. Oh, mercy. But, but anyway, you know, so it's, it's a, a total difference in just where they work. Absolutely. And I could not help but just walk out of that facility absolutely saddened and think, I want to take all these people out to the country. I want to put them in my backyard. I want them to laugh and enjoy, breathe fresh air, be in the sunshine. I would lose my mind if I had to work in a medical facility. It was that oppressive to me just to be there for a short time. And it all began in the x-ray room. It's just me and the x-ray technician. I had to put something over on a shelf, took my mask off because, hey, my mobility is a little bit challenged. I don't know if you know that or not. (laughs) Well, I do, but our (laughs) listeners may not know. And if you want to share that or want me to try to share, and you can correct, but you you can share. Hey, I can be real brief. Yeah. So six months after you and I were married, mm-hmm. I had a pretty life-altering accident. And the result is that I am basically paralyzed on my left leg. So um, my right leg takes the brunt. I've had some surgical repairs. It has been my season of reconstruction, and I'm very grateful for that. Amen. But it, my mobility is compromised. And I don't take for granted any little transition in the floor, any little wet spot that might be on a piece of tile. I am very cautious of my surroundings. And so while I was in the x-ray room, I removed my mask so I can go and set some things on a shelf. I've got my cane in my hand, and I'm immediately told, oh, you have to wear a mask in here. And I asked the young girl, because it was just she and I, mm-hmm. and um, she made it very clear she did not make the rules, but that I needed to be respectful because there were going to be other patients coming in. And I am just rolling my eyes thinking, I just said, I am so sorry that you have drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and she didn't offer it. Well, she, I guess she sort of forced you to drink a little bit of that Kool-Aid, right? You know, I put that mask over my chin and carried on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it, all I could think was, this is so sad. Well, yeah, the, just listening to that, the first thing you think, I mean, her reasoning is someone else could be, is coming in after you. Yes. And I know my thought immediately goes, what is the science behind that? Good question. What, what how is this work? You know, is... Are, is this going to, am I going to leave some, you know, when we were kids, what did we call them? 
cooties. Oh, yeah. Am I going to leave my <laughs> cooties behind if somebody touches this? They're all, they're going to turn into some shriveled up prune, and you know. And I was there with you, um, and they are fairly diligent, and I mean really rigid about you know doing this. And maybe they don't realize it, but I think in a very subtle way, they make you feel uncomfortable if you maybe question or, or or just don't have a mask on when you walk through the door. But other than that, it's not it's not necessarily the people are ugly no. and condescending or, or mean. But you said something earlier that, that struck me. You mentioned that it was really op- uh, oppressive. Yes. And I don't think... I don't think a lot of people understand, or or maybe we don't talk about this as much, the mental aspect of what this is doing. Everybody is is way way over the top about these variants in this so called virus, and you and I know that that based on our research, the whole thing is a farce anyway. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I'm sure some people believe it, but no one talks about just one small visit and your immediate feeling is mental oppression. Absolutely. It changed my whole attitude. It changed my whole demeanor. And I never want to give pushback to some of those employees who are following the rules so they can live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I try my very best to carry myself in a way that is positive and affirming and encouraging. It just deeply, deeply saddens me how many have fallen for what I feel is a tremendous deception. Absolutely. And you know, the, the the key thing about being deceived is that you don't know exactly. you're being deceived. Exactly, exactly. And I sincerely ask God to pull back the veil to show me truth mm-hmm. through the gift of his good friend, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not want to pretend that I have not been deceived mm-hmm. on different levels regarding different subjects. Hey, we talked about that earlier today. Mm-hmm. Where we were 20 months ago versus where we are now. The things that we were listening to, the talk shows or the media outlets that we chose to trust. Mm-hmm. You and I have taken a complete 360 Absolutely. on that one. complete and stepping away from much of the Fox news, um, Newsmax, other conservatives that we at one point in time respected has really been eye opening to just how much propaganda you and I had been exposed to. Yeah. And, and of course we, and in starting this podcast, you know, we wanted to reach out and and touch people and and sort of share the information that we were sh- that we were finding ourselves after we had to turn over so many rocks. And in that process, we walked away from really the political side. And of course, it, you well know we don't want this 
podcast or any of these episodes to be. It's not a political thing. I mean, we have clearly found that what we are in the middle of is a war between good and evil. Absolutely. And uh, there's it's nothing wrong with people coming along at their own pace or whatever. But that's you know, I you know the the way that I was feeling. I was feeling like I I, I know this, and I'm finding out more information and more information. And God bless the ones who we listen to that are out there just sharing uh and and I feel that that was for a reason but then there was a moment that I felt I'm not doing enough mm-hmm. and it just it kept pushing and pushing and pushing and so well here we are um and focusing on really the the issues and and of course we want to be able to give give other people facts and and hope uh, along with it, so and of course today we're we're being a little raw. So, yeah. uh, but you know, I and I and I go back to when we walked into that facility. I know I told you. I said this is this is really really concerning to me because I felt this maybe not oppressive. You know, my default unfortunately is you know, wait a minute, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I wear this, you know, this thing any longer, or continue to look at people a certain way, I could get so frustrated. I would either walk out or get angry, Absolutely. and 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 I, I just felt it changing my demeanor. And then I felt like for a moment, I am absolutely in the middle of a Twilight Zone episode. Mm. I've seen enough of them over my years, and I thought this is really interesting, and. And then as we proceeded on and went up the elevator to the actual floor to see the doctor, um, things things took a turn, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, things took an interesting turn. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, and you never know what's around the, corner. the next corner or behind the next curtain. <laughs> no, you don't. And, um, of course, there were two gentlemen there, and one of them made it a point to – and I, I don't – feel that this man was trying to provoke an argument or a debate. I don't know if he legitimately doesn't understand, but he asked me if I knew that that mask I was wearing was doing me absolutely no good because I was wearing it below my nose. And of course I said, well, I said something else. <laughs> I said, this mask isn't worth anyway, yeah. because it it doesn't work. And I was agreeing with him that no matter which way I wear it on my face, it's not going to work. Right. This dumbfounds me. This is a microscopic virus. We yes. are covered in bacteria. We are mm-hmm. covered in viruses. All of us. I'll never forget my cousin Greg Maddox telling me one time when we were at an event and one of my little girls got really, really sick because they were at, well, they were at a camp meeting, um, which is like a really nice church-affiliated vacation Bible school. And I was asking him, do you have any idea how she kind of caught this ick? He goes, Joanne... Those rooms are petri dishes, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we're just exposed to stuff all the time. But our God is so amazing and so wonderful the way he designed our immune systems to combat and to field off these things. Absolutely. 
I'm going to get sick from time to time. So are you. But I'm not going to live in fear either. Exactly. And of course, that comment coming from your cousin uh, was or is still a physician's assistant. assistant. So he knows what he's talking about. And he he was just being blunt and real uh, with us. And it is sad because, you know, there's so many people that you just want to go, where did you get that from? What did you read? What did you hear? And and unfortunately, and that's why we have the term here, and you've heard uh, Ben and I say that. Um, and speaking of Ben, Ben, we miss you wherever you might be. We've never <laughs> done this without you, so uh, ho- uh, hopefully we'll we'll get through this. But um, that's where we, we got the term rock tumblers, because for the last, I mean, it's going on two years now, the truth really has become non-existent. And disinformation is out there. So it it just felt like it was an absolute struggle to find truth. And and I believe that there's many that are just flat out lazy and they will hear something and they will sift it in, filter it the way they filter it, and really they will believe it uh, and not do the research, and maybe they don't want to. Maybe it's just easier to go about, well, history shows us that it's easier to follow the flock uh, sort of blindly, and that is sad. It is incredibly sad. Um, You know, it's been a very sobering experience these last 20-plus months, and while definitely there's been pockets of joy throughout, because I want to stay balanced, um, I have had some days where I just have been sick to my gut over what is happening to us as a society, as a culture, as a um, as a church, as God's people, um, as neighbors. I just am taken back at the way people evaluate or process and perceive information. And it's something that, you know, I shared with you earlier today. When you and I were engaged, we were seeing a pastor by the name of Tom Bogus, and we were going through a little bit of premarital counseling. Mm -hmm. And privately, Tom had spoken with me. Um, For those who don't know, I am a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, so therefore I attend church on Saturday, which isn't your norm. Mm -hmm. And you, Michael, Mm -hmm. had been accustomed to attending church when you did on Sunday. That's right. And privately, he pulled me aside and he just said, Joanne, I need you to step back and I need you to think about the fact that for 37 years, Michael Farmer has only known Sunday as the day of worship. Keep that in mind. And I really appreciated that tidbit. I tried at my young, naive, 25-year-old self to step back and put myself in your shoes. But it reminds me so much today of how we are told in the Bible that beholding, we become changed. And many, I believe, think, well, that's only for the biblical 
or religious aspect and how you're going to interpret things. But <laughs> by beholding different media outlets, different music that we listen to, different shows that we watch, all of that leaves an impression and we cannot get away from it. We can't escape it. I cannot go to the grocery store without it being pumped over the speaker that they are offering free COVID vaccine injections at my local Walmart or that I need to remember to practice social distancing. If that's not propaganda being pumped in me Mm -hmm. at every twist and every turn, I don't know what is. And if people are buying what the mainstream media is selling them, God help them. Yeah, yeah. And it's just going to take, I feel like, some people admitting, okay, I don't know it all. And Mm -hmm. I'm willing to listen to another perspective. And it's not that they have to agree with me. I just feel very compelled and I desire for people to know both sides so they can make an educated decision for themselves, whether they're going to mask their kids up or whether they're going to choose to go to your nearby Walgreens and receive an injection, etc. Mm-hmm. Whatever choice they're going to make, I just want it to be based on some reasonable, sound truth. Absolutely. And you sort of dovetailed into uh, uh, some things that we have talked about uh, previously. And because you're talking about being able to, to, to take information in and be able to sift it, mm-hmm. as we say, properly... In one of our earlier uh, podcasts, just Ben and I kind of doing a table talk like we're doing now, you know, we talked about God forbid that we hear information and we see it, whether we whether it's from an individual, uh, whether it's from, uh, you know, a, a newscast, uh, wherever it comes from. And our first default is we're going to we're going to filter it through a, a, a DNR or, or an I, and that's a Democrat, Republican or, or, independent. or independent. God forbid that's how we think, but unfortunately, I think a lot of people are sifting it that way, or I've got to sift it this way because my whole family thinks this way for whatever reason, and they're not doing it for themselves. They're not diligently seeking absolute truth, and that's a shame, and I think it's more critical now that that take place, and you're so right. It it is beholding. Mm-hmm. What are what are you beholding, or who are you beholding? And it can be just something as innocent as your favorite person at work. It could be the woman or the man that seems to know everything, mm-hmm. you know, or and, thinks they do. Yeah, or thinks they do. We we've seen a few of those. Sure, but but these individuals might be right about sixty or seventy percent of what they say. So it's just easier to listen to them and go with the flow. But if it's detrimental to your health and even to to cause you to be hospitalized or, God forbid, even death, you know, we saw the same kind of propaganda being spewed back in another podcast that we did in 1976 when 46 million people were vaccinated for the swine flu without any 
confirmed cases. To me, that is absolutely stunning. And and today, it's 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 more than that. And again, it's stunning that people are vaccin getting vaccinated, knowing that there's been even with the VAERS report is I think it's up around what ten thousand, fifteen thousand. I don't know where it is right now, but it, we know it's only one to ten percent. Of of what's actually being reported is it's it's so it's around ninety percent maybe ninety nine percent off, so it's kind of hard to pay attention to it. But but in my last figures, it was over five hundred thousand people had died on the real level. But the bottom line is is people are going and getting injected, not even knowing what is in the vaccine or the so-called vaccine in the injection. And uh, I know as we've heard this before, you can't even get a bottle of Advil or, or Tylenol without a, you know, a, a garbage bag size set of uh, cautions and, and informed, <laughs> in, in, informed side effects. Absolutely. And, and you're not getting that here, but there's many just blindly going and, and getting the shot. I, am taking back at how trusting people are of some of these agencies. And not that I consider myself to be the type of individual who is questioning everything. Um, you know, our family had an experience with my, my dad. Um, my dad, at a very young 70 years of age, was diagnosed with mesothelioma. And for those that don't know, most people do, mesothelioma is a result of asbestos exposure. Mm -hmm. And my dad, during those heightened years in the late 50s, 60s, 70s, when asbestos was in almost every building material from joint compound to tiles to flooring. <laughs> yeah, I remember Unreal. A lot of things. Brake shoes, uh, uh, just about everything. Yes, know, yes. Any any kind of material that he was working with. Um, anyway, one of the things that was brought to our attention when we wrapped our brains around the actual illness my dad had was that many of these large, large companies, M3, DuPont, um, they knew that asbestos had life-killing properties. But the money was more important than individual people's lives. And so they stocked away a certain amount or they, their accountant fixed the numbers as to, okay, let's say this person is diagnosed with mesothelioma. First off, they knew that they were going to fall into three categories. One, they were going to either die before they knew what they had, or they were going to learn what they had and do nothing about it, or the other third is going to learn what they had, and they're going to be a little ticked off, and they're going to go after these companies. Mm -hmm. And they decided that financially it was worth it. Two-thirds of people's lives did not matter. We can put this much in the bank to pay off the rest that choose to pursue a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. 
And from that point forward, I think my perspective just changed. Changed enough to ask questions. And that's what I am dumbfounded about so much. Just ask questions. Mm -hmm. And they seem like such basic, reasonable questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Don't, don't, Don't most things, I mean, if you think about it, you know, when you're seeking truth, when you hear it, most things really make sense. And what we've been going through, you know, the last almost two years now, a lot of this stuff is so blindly, well, I'll say blindly, so obviously blatant. They they think that the people that they're perpetrating this on are, are blind. Um, I, I just, I just personally, I don't get the, I guess the, the lack of questioning like we're talking about. And I mean, this some of this stuff is just. You know, and we've talked about it before, you know, that you walk into a restaurant and, you know, you got to put a mask on because you're six feet in the air. And then when you sit down, you're four feet and you can take it off. It's okay. You know, why is that? Why is it on the Olympics that we're watching right now that the swimmers can come through a certain corridor, have to be masked up, but they can take it off Yeah, when they get near the block? Uh, There are just... Way too many things that are just stupid, just absolutely stupid. And we as a society look incredibly stupid. And I just know that the devil is laughing his tail off. Not only the devil, but his little minions who are perpetuating this on the people of the world. And it's hard for me to wrap my brain around the fact that it is worldwide. That's that's a big one. You know, this is, you know, we've seen a lot of things come down the pike before, but never have we seen something that has been as widespread as this. Even, you know, even the things, uh, you know, in the past, the, the different plagues that hit and, and whatnot, uh, you know, we go back to even the wars, the skirmishes, the, the 9-11, uh, you know, we, we call them world wars, but it wasn't, you know, there were countries that you could go to even back then that were peaceful and, and, and had peace. So uh, this is, and, you know, prophetically, this is falling right into place. Absolutely. Of, um, of where we are. And speaking of that, it probably is a good time to maybe reach in and give some people hope at this time. And uh, th- this has been a good conversation and we can keep going. Um, but uh, I think it's time to let's let's go to the listeners and give them some hope, whatever scripture uh, may be on your mind uh, right now. And uh, we can close off in prayer. And um, You know, one of the things I think of is let not your heart be troubled. Yeah. Just I w- if there's one thing I could share with my church family or with my um, neighbors and friends, it's just please. Sit back and ask yourself, who is the author of fear? It's not Mm -hmm. our God. That's right. It's not. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form insinuating that healthy hygiene and practices should not be exercised. But I'll be darned if I'm going to allow fear to dominate and rule the day because I know 
who's that master behind it. Absolutely. So if I am going to let not my heart be troubled, and I believe in my God, I trust that he has designed me in a way he says I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And that genetic code that he has written on me and me only is his love letter. Mm -hmm. And I just hope and pray that we will honor him in all that we do. And each step moving forward, we can be as some source of encouragement to those along the way. Yes, ab- absolutely. Okay. Um, and we know that the enemy is doing his best to try to interrupt that DNA through this RNA implant, this uh, this chimeric code injection, and um, he will he will do anything he can. He does not like mankind. Isn't it just like the enemy? He, in heaven, wanted to be like God. Mm -hmm. And um, he doesn't have the power to create. But guess what? He's trying to recreate, isn't he? He is trying to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we can see so many examples of God is a God of love. Satan, he's the author of fear, you know, God is the creator. That's right. God Mm -hmm. is the creator. Satan himself wants to alter God's Mm -hmm. creation. No question about it. Yeah. So, well, this is a good note uh, to go ahead and wrap up on uh, is fear not. Um, I know that really reaches worldwide uh, because there's many that that are fearful. But our hope is in him. He is the way, the life, and uh, the truth. So uh, let's go to him in prayer as we close. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you so much for this time that you've allowed us to have. Lord, we want to lift up all of those who are out seeking truth. We want to lift up all of those who are are voicing uh, the truth and doing your bidding for you. Uh, May you bless them in a special way. Be with our listeners and, uh, Lord, touch them in a special way. We pray for good mental health and spiritual health and physical health. So as we close uh, this episode, we thank you again for this opportunity and we ask and pray that may all of the intent of your thoughts be pure. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.